it's Walford Kaufman. I'm the pastor of Southside Baptist Church of Gaffney, South Carolina, and this is our study on the book of Romans. Uh, we took a little break last week, but we're back together, and so we're going to be looking at Romans, the eighth chapter. At first, we're going to be looking at verses 31 through 38. Romans 8, 31 through 38. So as you're getting a, uh, some paper and pen and, and getting your Bible, most of all, uh, let's just say I'm going to be a little bit easier on you on this particular study because we've hit some deep theology. I mean, some tough writing as Paul is trying to assure the uh, believers there in Rome. This is a little bit, it's, it's lighthearted in a way theology-wise, uh, but it's great impact. Plus, it's some scripture you probably have heard many times. I know this scripture is one that I, I like to use at funerals. Uh, it brings comfort as it talks about a time of separation especially as a family is leaving that graveside of that loved one. But you know, I found out something. We have more than just death that brings separation in our life. A sin, when it comes in, it separates us from God. When Satan is wanting to attack us, so many times he tries to get us away from the Heavenly Father. But think about some other times of separation. The struggles that you're going through. It might be a divorce situation. It might be where the kids and the custody and, and you know, you having to split time with your mate, with the children, and you feel so lonely and separated and sometimes separated from God. And then there's times such as uh, with health situations and you're wondering. So this is some great comfort for us as we read this scripture. Uh, and so Let's look at this precious Word of God, Romans 8, starting in verse 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also, along with Him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, and all these things were more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor uh, demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers. I'm going to stop there for right now. So let's look at this. This wonderful, unstoppable love of God. Let's pray. Father, as we journey into your word, teach us, lead us, and let us always be thankful for this wonderful love of yours. Let us live out this love uh, in our own lives, but then how we treat others too. Thank you that it is unstoppable. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So what we have to first admit is God's love is not human. 
God's love is not human. It is not normal. It is nothing like we can understand at all. So don't try to understand God's love. I know there's been many poems. There's been many songs that have been written. I know many artists have tried to draw a picture of what this love is all about, but we cannot grasp it. Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to put it in everyday terms. I mean, that's how we describe things, right? We use what we know, what we've experienced, and we try to explain it, and we just can't do that. Uh, you know, the idea of comparing apples to apples and oranges to oranges. If you've ever had to do any kind of estimates, uh, work around your house, and you make sure you get those contracts and you line them up to make sure they're dissimilar. When it comes to God's contract with us through His Son, Jesus Christ, nothing else can compare. No apples to, orange, uh, apples to apples and oranges to oranges. It's totally different. And we need to praise Him for that. So does this love make sense to us? Does it make sense? He sees our sin and still loves us. Can you believe that? He sees it. He knows it. And He still loves us. See, we sin, see sin in others and we hate not only the sin, but we get to the point we hate the person also. Now, we might change our mind and start liking them a little bit. We might even start loving them a little bit if they get their life straight. But does God do that? God loves us. Think about it. He loves us. Uh, there's not a probation period for God. His, his love is, is, you know, the first time we mess up, He says, that's it. You're out of here. He gives us chance after chance, opportunity after opportunity. See, God does not approve of our failure. He does not like our sin. He does not like when we mess up. He doesn't like these failures that we bring into our own lives. But God does not scrap us. He doesn't throw us out. I have some friends in Cuba and I've had some mission trips there. They do not throw anything away. I remember going in the back yard of uh, one particular gentleman that we're sharing Christ with. And I looked and there were pieces of wood neatly stacked all over the place. Now I'm not talking about new lumber. I'm not talking about new pieces of lumber. These are pieces of wood that he, he fixed somebody's window. He fixed somebody's floor. He had fixed, he was a carpenter by trade. And so he picked all this stuff up, but he never threw the scraps out. Uh, I know right now there's a house that's being remodeled and uh, they got this big old dumpster outside. So whatever comes out of that house, are they going to try to save any of it? No, it's in the dumpster. But see that man in Cuba, that there's a piece of wood. It may only be this, this long. And it might be have termites that had been in it, had been damaged and splintered. But if there's a piece of wood on it about this much that's still good, he doesn't throw away. Just think, when all of us, 100% of us, is, is bad, you know, uh, we've got our uh, spiritual termites, God doesn't throw us away. He loves us. He wants to redeem us. He wants to make us like a, a new piece of lumber. And like that song, He wants to make us white as snow. So is this to make Him look better? Is it to make God look better by the way He treats us? 
You know, I created Walford, and look what Walford did. Look what that fellow did. He has sinned. He has messed up and all this. But he's messed up my perfect, perfect plan I had for his life. But if he comes back, if Walford turns things around and comes back to my perfect plan that I had for him, then what's God going to say? Uh, then I will look uh, like the perfect uh, God that he was or he is or will be. I mean, do we need to do this? Things, we need to realize this. God's plan is perfect, period. God's plan is perfect, period. You know, that period, that emphasis there. See, God's ego does not need to be boistered, lifted up. Uh, God allows us to come back, not for God's good, not that make God look good, but for our good. And that's why we need to praise Him. That's why we re need to rejoice in this. So God's plan is perfect, period. And God's love never changes. Never changes, no matter what's going on. Think about it. Oh, you know, as a child, oh, we sang those songs and we learned those little Bible verses and all this, but then we started sinning and we have sinned and continue to sin and the sin has grown many times and all this uh, and all. But God's love, just like He treated us as that little child, God's love is still there no matter what we're doing. You might be sitting in a prison right now. You might be sitting in some jail somewhere right now. You might be in some back bedroom after just shooting up with drugs and you wonder what's going on in your life. And realize this, God's love for you has not changed. He still loves you. And we need to realize this, God cannot love you more than He does right now. Can I say that again? I'll read it. Make sure I don't mess up anything. God cannot love you more than He does right now. Wow. You can come into His arms and He loves you. Or you can turn and walk away from Him right now. And guess what? God still loves you. God still loves you. See the difference whether we go and climb into His arms or we run and reject Him. The difference is what we will go through. He still loves you. What we will experience. And yes, when we reject the love of God, it doesn't, yes, it doesn't bring God's image down. He's still all-knowing, all-powerful everywhere. But it sure changes us. It sure changes us. What we will experience, we'll pay that price. And then we see that God's love for us is based on the finished work of Christ. It is finished. It is. Have you ever had somebody back to the idea of working around your house? Maybe a paint, maybe carpentry, maybe carpet or something like this. And they walk out the door and they say, well, we're finished for today. But does that mean it's complete? They may be saying, we're finished with the job. And you say, well, let's go walk back through here and see. And you find this problem and that problem and that still needs to be taken care of. See, we need to realize this. God's love for us is based on the finished work of Christ, of Jesus as He is on that cross. And He said, it is finished. 
He went to the cross obedient. He conquered the grave. He began. He finished. Now our deeds, what we're doing is still a process. You know, it's a work in progress. Take all of our lives. Uh, take all of our deeds. Take all of the good that we've done. Take, take the real good things that we've done. Take them. Let's add them all together. Let's say 100 people, 200 people, 300 people. Let's pull all the good deeds that we've got in here. We still cannot earn the love of God. We cannot do it. We cannot uh, earn the acceptance of God. See, we can't earn it. He gives it. He gives His love. He wants to accept us. I mean, he, when we reject Him, He still wants to accept us. We're the one turning and walking away from Him. And so, it is not by our merit. It is by Christ. Praise God, I don't have to work my way to heaven. I don't have to earn my little spiritual badges to get to heaven. So, what shall we say about this? Several things came out in the Scripture as we looked at this. God is with us. God is with us. There is no defeat. Now, we might have some spiritual setbacks. At least we think of it as setbacks. But there is no defeat for God is with us. God's not going to let His children be defeated. There will be battles, some tough battles, some hard battles. Sometimes we're wondering what's going to happen. But guess what? There is still victory. And then we see He did not spare His own Son. Then all of us can come to know Him. Think about that. He did not spare His own Son. Then all of us can come to know Him. When you give the most beautiful, loving, perfect gift, that gift is for everybody. Just think, you, you've bought gifts, you've done things, but it was not a gift for everybody. It was for your mother, your father, your husband, your wife, your children. It was not for everybody. Well, we built a pool so the family come over. Does that mean the neighbors can come over? <laughs> no. But see, God did not spare His own Son. So that invitation is to all of us. And then we see that He will surely give us all things. All things. But I want you to realize this. God's not going to give, He's not going to give me everything I ask for. He's not going to give you everything you ask for. Because some of the things that we ask for may be good, but not good for us. It might be right, but not, might, might not be the right timing for us. See, when I give to my children, I want to give what is needed and what will bless them. When I give to my grandchildren, hmm? I remember a certain family, they loved to buy their grandchild uh, those uh, drinks, those great knee highs, I believe it was. And this little girl loved it. But guess what happened to that little girl's teeth? All her teeth were pretty much rotted out front. Why? Because somebody was given a gift that was not good for them. So we know this, God will give us all things in His love and in His perfect wisdom. Praise God for every gift you have. It was given to you at the right time, the right amount, and the right way. So praise Him for that.
And then we see that in this scripture, God has chosen us. Who can accuse us? Now, I, I had already typed this all out and had it all ready, but as I went through this, just for just before I came to start recording this, I had to write another little note here. God has chosen us. Who can accuse us? I can tell you who's going to accuse you. Everybody in the world, even church-going folks, Everybody wants to point fingers at everybody else, but everybody wants to put uh, everybody else down. It's just that world that we live in. But praise God for this. God has chosen you. So step in front of the line. Step in front of all those that accuse you and realize God loves them too. So don't come down too hard on them. But see, when God has chosen you, who can accuse you? Nobody. Nobody. And then, who can say we are guilty? Who can say we are guilty? Um, well, truth is, everybody can say we're guilty. I'm guilty of sin. Can you say that? Well, I think we have to. For the Scripture tells us, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For all have sinned. But what we can say, how I'm guilty? But because of the blood of Jesus Christ, no one can call me or sentence me to being guilty. I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Jesus died for my, my sins. Jesus took my place. And so we can rejoice in this. Max Lucado, in one of his writings, described it like this. Jesus is at the right side of the Father, whispering in the Father's ear, praying for us, begging for us, Yes, I love that pleading, pleading for us. So who do you think the Father's going to listen to? He's going to listen to His Son, Jesus. And then that nothing can separate us. Look there again at verse 38. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nothing can separate us from the love of God except for our decisions. That's right. Don't put walls up that don't need to be there. They're temporary anyway. God can blow those walls down. Nothing can separate us. But we can turn. And we can say no to this love. But we pay the price. But we, uh, we pay the price for that. But there's a fact in this Scripture and we'll go back and look at verse 36. As a fact to be reminded of in this uh, Scripture, there in verse 36, just in case you got too, um, uh, uh, too spiritual, uh, too much like an angel wanting to float away, verse 36 says this, As it is written, For your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Now, we know this, that we're more than conquerors. What is this? I mean, we got some beautiful things that more than conquerors. Uh, we're convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers can separate us from the love of God. We know that. But the fact is, death comes. And I pray that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Be ready. See, as long as we got breath, as long as this heart's still beating, we've got time to invite Jesus into our heart. But the fact is, it's reminding the Scripture, death does come. 
Death does come to us. But then the last point, God's love is made real when we make Jesus our Lord. It's there already. God's love is already there. But it becomes real when we make Jesus our Lord. And we see that in verse 39. We hadn't read that yet. But look at verse 39. It says this, Neither height nor death nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Last two words of that scripture. I hope you got your Bible. I don't think many translations are going to have it much different than this. The NIV says it very much like this. That is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Our Lord. That's when it becomes real. Um, do you ever feel like you're not loved? Well, yes, you do. People have said things. People have rejected you. Uh, maybe something at the workplace. Maybe something in the school. Whatever it could be. Maybe something even your own family has said to you and you just don't feel loved. Well, here's the fact, folks. Well, that in Christ Jesus our Lord, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Do you ever doubt God's love? Doubt all you want. Doubt all you want. I tell you what, I can doubt right now that wall's not there. I can doubt it. I can write about it. I can tell others there's not a wall there. But if I got up right now and started walking to that wall, I find out very quickly that's a wall there, folks. There's a wall there. It's hard. See, God's love is there. Sometimes we will doubt. Sometimes we will question. You lost a loved one. You lost a job. You lost your health. You know, situations happen in your life. And what happens? You know, do you doubt God's love? Doubt all you want. It's not going to change the fact. There is God's love. But the key is Christ Jesus, our Lord. Have you made Jesus Lord of your life? Well, He's my Savior. Praise God, He is. Thank goodness you invited Jesus into your heart a month ago, years ago, to be what the Savior. But you want to really feel this love? You want to really know this love? You want to really experience this love? Make Jesus Lord of your life. Um, I know that's a terminology we used in biblical times, and we don't use it too much. Maybe, uh, owner, uh, director, one that has complete control of your life. That's when you get to experience this love. That's always been there. That's ready for you. But you have finally realized it's there. Have you made Him Lord of your life? I pray that you have. Uh, I enjoyed this one, uh, not because this Scripture is just so familiar, but it's just the beauty of this. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Think about it. Except for when we walk away. I'm not walking away. I don't think you're going to walk away. Let's make Him Lord of our life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray now for each person watching this, listening to this, that today they realize how much they are loved. They might have had things happen in their life, struggles that's happened in their life, but Lord, today let them just smile like a little child looking at, at the Ferris wheel. Realize, oh, 
that's so big, but I can get on it. Lord, you are so big. You are so awesome and all, but you want us to crawl up into your lap and be loved like we've never been loved before. Let us do that. Thank you now. Thank you for your precious word. And thank you that nothing can hold you back and from loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Paul made it easy on us every once in a while, but just realize how wonderful that Scripture is. Jesus Christ, our Lord, that would should bring a smile to your face. May God bless you.